welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm wicked excited to be here with you today and just thank you so much for tuning in. So whether you are a longtime loyal listener or maybe you're fairly new to the show, I super duper appreciate you taking a little time to hang out with me. <laughs> so um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to dive right in. You might hear, you might hear my dogs in the background, little peanuts getting a little pushy pants. He wants his dinner. Um, okay. So I'm going to share with you um, a quote, a little story. And hopefully uh, make the connection here, make the spiritual connection from the story that I'm going to tell you. And hopefully it will be uh, helpful to you. I think I'm going to call this sucker, what might happen to you then? What might happen to you then? And you might be thinking to yourself, what might happen to me when, KK? <laughs> That's when I would say, Ch -ch -ch. just buckle up for safety, stay tuned. I'm going to try to keep this one short to the point and brief but here we go. All right. So this is a quote that I love. Um, I post it every year on social media with a picture of me usually hugging or with communicating with uh, close to snuggling with an animal, a dog. Okay. Uh, some furry critter of some kind, but let me just, let me just share this quote from Jonathan Franz and from, I think it was a, an essay collection called father away. He says this, when you stay in your room in rage or sneer or shrug your shoulders, as I did for many years, the world and its problems are impossibly daunting. But when you go out and put yourself in real relation to real people or even just real animals, there's a very real danger that you might end up loving some of them. And who knows what might happen to you then? Oh, so good. There is so much hope in this quote. There is that moment of transformation where the little story, this little mini story just burp takes a turn. This is a moment that is full of possibility and potential and transformation because we can, right? When we, we all know, look here, I'm, I'm an introvert, right? I do extroverted things. Some people might call me an ambivert, whatever. I, I kind of think of myself as an introvert. Um, I love spending a lot of time alone. Uh, if I go out in big groups, right, I like to then like I have a blast while I'm there. I like be present, do the whole thing. And then when I come back, I'm like, I just need a little little downtime, a little alone time to recharge. You know what I mean? Um, so I know the power 
of being able to be alone in your own room, in your own space for a little bit of time. But here's the thing. If you stay in your room for a little too long, which is another way of saying if you stay up in your head, if you stay internal and you stay up in your head and all you're doing is mishmashing around up there, you're just knocking around up there like ping, 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 ricochet rabbit, replaying the events of the day or replaying the events of your life and retelling the same stories and, and deepening those neural networks up in your subconscious brain, right? And really starting to believe your own bullshit, right? Again, when you stay in your room and you rage and you sneer and you shrug your shoulders, as Jonathan Franzen says, I did for many years, right? The world and its problems seem impossibly daunting. If we sit around in our own shitty diaper for too long by ourselves, again, just rehashing and replaying, they did this to me, then this happened, I didn't have that, I didn't get that, that's not fair, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Look at the world, it's a total shit show, right? They're killing children over here, they're blowing people up over here, they're murdering animals over here, there's so much racism, there's so much anti-this and, and um, hating that and... I mean, take a look around, right? The world and its problems do sometimes seem impossibly daunting when we're trying to do it life, meaning, when we're trying to figure it out, problems, meaning, when you're trying to do the whole thing by yourself, up in your room, doom scrolling, social media. And just when you start to feel like things become impossibly daunting, this is when depression can sneak in. This is when overwhelm sneaks in. This is when we get exhausted and tired and we have a lack of desire to connect not only with other people, but with our true selves. But he says, when you go out and put yourself in real relation to real people or even just real animals, there's a very real danger that you might end up loving some of them. And then who knows what might happen to you then? And when I was reading this today, thinking about this show, it made me think about something that goes on in my neighborhood every year. So I live on, um, it's not even necessarily private. When you say like a private road, it sounds so fancy. It's not that. It's just, it's a dirt, it's a dirt road. <laughs> it's a dead end dirt road that the town kind of lets us handle on our own. So all the people who live on this street, they're kind of like, beat it, see you, kid, <laughs> right? So we have to maintain the road. We have to take care of things. Um, and by we, I mean, like, we, you know, they the, the little committee, like, hires people to come in to grade the road and, you know, level things out because we get big potholes. You can imagine, right? The whole, the whole caboodle. So... Um, every year we have like a neighborhood cleanup day. It's like our roads cleanup day where all the neighbors gather together and there's usually two houses, right? So in the morning, they meet at one particular house and everybody kind of figures out where they're going to work on the road, what we're working on, what projects need to be done. And then in the afternoon, they have a little, little cookout, a little barbecue gathering, right? So this thing has been happening for years and years and years and years. Now, for many, many years, when I had my yoga studio, right? If you're new to the show, you may not know. I've been a yoga teacher for almost 25 years now. And um, I used to have a yoga studio. I had a brick and mortar studio for over 10 years. And um, so I, I taught for many years on Saturday morning. So I was never able to go to this event. 
Now, some of these people on this road have been here for like 30, 40, I don't even know, like a, a wicked long time, right? This road got developed. It used to be just woods and then it slowly got developed. And there's a, a an operating like, um, it used to be like a sand pit at the end of the road, okay? So there was no house down there, but some of these people have been around for a wicked long time. But over the years, so they've all been kind of participating in this, um, let's call it a ritual, right? Where people gather this tradition, where people gather to help each other. And for a really long time, I wasn't able to do it. And so I didn't really know my neighbors. And you know, sometimes there's turnover in your neighborhood, you know, a new person moves in, somebody moves out, whatever. And I think this day and age, which I find so fascinating because supposedly I'm, I'm being a little, I'm doing air quotes. Supposedly we are more quote unquote connected, right? Than ever. Yeah. I would say we're maybe we're more digitally connected, right? We're plugged into more electronic devices, but we have a loneliness epidemic happening in our country. It's like a loneliness um pandemic, you would almost call it. So many people, we are more connected and disconnected from each other, more connected to the machines and the devices than ever, and more disconnected from each other than ever before. And so when I saw, right, the past few years, I've been able to go, I've been able to go to this neighborhood cleanup day. And it has been so good not only for the road, right? Of course, to have an extra set of, of hands, but it's been so good getting to know the people in my neighborhood, right? On my street. And I think it's fascinating that you could live a few houses down from somebody for like 15, 16, 17, whatever years and not really know them. And so the cool thing about getting outside of your room, okay? Get outside, quote unquote, the room of your own making and go out and interact with people. Go out and put yourself in real relation to real people. There's something magical that can happen. Now, look, I get it. Some of us have, you know, some people have social anxiety. Some people have a really hard time being in groups. I understand, right? I always say there's so much nuance. So, when you listen to this show, just know that I'm like, yes, and I know there are exceptions. I know there are nuances. I know we're all individuals and we have different things, right? In our personalities, in our conditioning, um, in our ways of being. But let's just say generally and broadly, okay? When I went out and started going to the neighborhood cleanup day, it was so fascinating to kind of like Garanimal. <laughs> if you don't know what Garanimals are, Google it. Granimals were like, very quickly, Granimals were like this clothing line when I was a little kid. And it was uh, a way to help parents know how to match clothes. So the shirts would have little like tags on them with animals dangling off of them. And then so like the shirts and then the pants would too. And you would go like, ooh, match the monkeys. These two clothings go together. Ooh, match the elephants, match the giraffes, match the lions, like whatever. I was obsessed with Granimals, by the way, because I love animals. Okay. So what was really fascinating when I did the neighborhood, and we're back, when we when I started going to the neighborhood day, is it's like when you're just driving down the street and you're looking at the outside of people's houses and maybe you see them in their driveway and you wave to them and they wave back or they don't wave back or whatever, it's wicked easy to write stories about people. It's wicked easy to think that you know that person or you think you know what's going on in that house with those people and those relationships and whatever. 
maybe by what they put in front of their house, maybe what they hang on their house, maybe what you see the interactions, how their dog's always in the road or not. You know, I'm just making, I'm making stuff up. So it's really easy for us when we don't actually know each other to think we know some shit about each other when we don't. Because when we're too busy staying up in our rooms and raging and sneering and writing stories and shrugging our shoulders and rolling our eyes and pointing fingers, right, and making assumptions about each other, it's really easy when you sit up in your room doom scrolling on social media to feel really disconnected, to to not be in touch with a part of you that is compassionate and loving and kind. But when you go out and you meet some people, it was really cool to be able to look at the Garanimal that I had made, the story in my head, um, the curiosities, whatever. And then when you meet people in real life and you're like, oh, this isn't a monkey, this is a giraffe. Oh, this isn't a lion. This is an elephant. Oh, this isn't that. It's a turtle, right? And you're like, oh my God. And what a fucking delight. What a fucking surprise and delight to find out that maybe you were right or maybe you were wrong. And when you get out there and you actually meet people face to face, when you get out there and you listen to them and you talk to them, and you show up in curiosity instead of judgment, and you have a sense of togetherness, and especially in this case, where we're all working towards a common goal, we're trying to prepare our road for winter. We're trying to prepare our road from when the, when, when, because winter is coming. <laughs> when, when we're trying to, we know when all the snow melts, right? Now we got spring and we don't want to have the sides of the road and the brush and like all the stuff we're trying to prepare. And when you do this kind of work together, that feeling of belonging, that feeling of connection, right? There's a very real danger pointing back to Jonathan Franz. And there's a very real danger that you mend up, you might end up when you relate to real people in real ways and real animals and you relate to them and you put yourself in contact with them. You just might find yourself loving some of them. And who knows what might happen to you then? What happens to you when you find out that that person down the street that you always thought such and such about is actually nothing like that? Or what if they're really like that and some, some great stuff, right? It's like so fascinating. And here's the thing. We know that when there's a big task to do, like cleaning up a whole road or a neighborhood, that when people come together and do it, when they work together, the problem seems less big. The problem seems less daunting. And I get it. I know there are times when too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the soup or too many hands ruin the whatever, right? I get it. But when the intention is there, right? When you say, I'm going to come together and I'm going to show up without my assumptions, without my stories, without my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My preconceived notions. When I'm willing to be surprised, when I'm willing to be wrong, magic, I'm telling you, magic can happen when you do this. And I just think that I love actually finding out I love finding out that I've been wrong about somebody or something. 
Because look, I have a very, I, I, I have, we all have our opinions. We all have our opinions and we are meaning making machines. So you see a few things, right? You just catch a snippet here and there and you write some whole long story about people, maybe their families, that whatever, their religion, their politics, how they vote, how they dress, how what, how, what they drive, like whatever, whatever. Humans, we love to make meaning of things, but we often make wrong meaning of things because we're too busy, again, sitting up in our rooms and we're sneering, right? And we're snarling out of our own wound, out of our own suffering. And so instead of dealing with that, right? Instead of dealing with that and maybe getting in relation, get in relation with a real therapist, get in a relationship with a real mentor, right? Hello, double amen hands, right? A real spiritual mentor, a real coach, right? A real hypnotist, somebody who can actually help you when you're in your room shrugging your shoulders and isolating and sneering and snarling like a, like a trapped animal in the corner, you know? Oh, of course, things feel so much harder when you think you got to do everything on your own. And this is why connecting with others, right? Get in real relationship to real people and sometimes real animals. I know not everybody can have animals where they live or in their apartment or whatever, but there's something so incredibly powerful because when you do that, there's a very real danger that you just might end up loving some of them and what becomes possible. It's like, you know, the Grinch, when it's like his heart grew three sizes larger. What becomes possible when you allow yourself to see people through a new lens, that you start to see them like with your love glasses on, when you try to start to see them um, more clearly, beyond your judgments, your preconceived stories and notions. There's something very powerful about that. And I was, I was thinking about um, the cleanup day and I was like, you know, I could have stayed inside. I was tired. I remember that. I woke up in the morning. I was really tired. And my sweetie almost always has like, you know, later gigs and stuff like that. And he joined, he joined and, and did it this year too. And afterwards, I remember sitting down and talking about the different neighbors who each time that we do that, we get to know them a little bit more. Each time we go to the little meeting about, you know, who's going to be commissioner and we go over the, the notes, you know, like, like, you know, there's town hall meetings Well, like our street has their own little meetings and stuff like this. And every time you do that, and every time I drive down the street and I stop at Paul's house, so I call Paul, Paul's like the mayor of our street. And Paul does this incredible light display, this Christmas light display every year. The lights are only up for like 20 days, right? But it takes him like weeks, weeks to put all the Christmas lights up. And then we gather in front of his house, right? The first Saturday of December, and we do a countdown. 10 in the whole group of people, 10, 9, 8, seven, right? All the way down to one, one and boom, he hits the lights. All the lights turn on, right? All the lights turn on and there's music. And this year he did fireworks, right? So, and I'm not, a, I'm not, no, no, I'm not dissing Paul. I'm not a fan of fireworks, but there was a fireworks. It was like a big to do, right? And like so many people and their families and their extended families, right? Like this year he said like 150 people were there. They show up. And you end up getting to know Paul. 
and you get to get to know his character and what he loves and the fact that he's been putting these lights out for I don't even know how many years, at least 20, at least 17, but I'm betting on more than that. He's been doing this every year and I am so grateful. So every night, and then he collects money to, money for a charity. He's out there in his little Santa outfit, right? He's ringing his bell, collecting money for charity, you know, and he commits to this like every night. And it's amazing. And the reason why I'm telling you about this is, you know, you could just drive past Paul's house and not know. You probably have your own Paul's. You have the people. You might live in a triple deca. You might have people above you and below you. You might live in a duplex. You might be in a double wide. You might be in a trailer, right? Hopefully, hopefully you find yourselves housed. You know, if you're listening to this, hopefully you find yourselves housed. So that is that is my wish for you. I, I wish for everybody that they have a, a, a space, a space of their own to call home. And they have a neighborhood maybe, right? A place where the people know each other and care about each other, you know? And I want to circle back. And it might feel like I'm jumping around because my, my brain, I have, I, there's a, I wanted to keep this, this episode short, but the more that I'm talking, the more I'm thinking about it. I want to go back to this line, um, you know, that when you do sit up in your room and you're disconnected and you're not in relation to real people and real animals, the world and its problems are impossibly daunting. And it makes me think about another quote from one of my, one of my teachers, um, Ishwaran. And there's this quote that I love of his. I'm going to read it to you too. And hopefully you'll, you'll get something from this as well. He says, I keep in close touch with what happens in the world. And there are times when I feel deeply grieved by the suffering I read about. And I wonder why life has to be this way. But I never despair. At those times, I go deep, deep into meditation until I reach the very source of love and wisdom that exists in each of us. When I do, I am reassured that all is well. So what I will tell you all is this. Meditate every day. Throw yourself into some form of selfless work and use your sense of suffering as a powerful motivation to help relieve the suffering of others it is a wonderful gift to be able to give. I want to I want to read that last part again. What I would tell all of you is this, meditate every day, right? DSP, daily spiritual practice. You guys know I talk about this all the time. Throw yourself into some form of selfless work and use your sense of suffering as a powerful motivation to help relieve the suffering of others. It is a wonderful gift to be able to give. So instead of staying up in your room and raging and sneering and shrugging your shoulders, right? Feeling like the world and all its problems are impossibly daunting. Throw yourself into some form of selfless work. When we all gather together on my, in, in our neighborhood on road day and we gather together and do that work, right? We are equally all benefiting right? 
Yes. I mean, is it selfless? No, I guess because if you live on the road in some way, you you are benefiting from it. But I think you get the gist of what I'm saying, right? When you start to get a little too consumed with your own shit, with your own rage, with everything sucks and everything's daunting, go out and get yourself into real relation with real people and real animals. Throw yourself into some form of selfless work. It doesn't mean avoid your stuff, avoid your trauma, avoid your drama, stay wicked busy so you don't deal with your own suffering. But when you start to get a sense of that suffering and you find yourself like boiling and roiling and churning right up in your room, quote unquote, up in your head, isolating, right? Pulling back, staying caught up in that, that bullshit drama that doesn't help anybody because you're just right, deepening the neural networks, right? Of suffering. Go out, get in relation to other people. Pick up a phone. Send a letter, volunteer, help the old lady down the street, shovel her driveway. You know what I'm saying? Call a friend who maybe just had a death in the family. Bring some groceries, make some food, nurture and nourish. And as you do, we know it's in giving that we receive. So put yourself in real relation to real people and real animals. And I'm telling you, something magical can happen. Who knows what might happen to you then when you let yourself love, love people, love animals, love the earth, love yourself. What might happen then? I can't wait to find out. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you got something from this episode. Um, I guarantee you when you, when you, when you first heard me read that, right. When you stay in your room and you rage and sneer or shrug your shoulders, I bet that many of you could picture somebody in your mind who does that very thing. Who's kind of just been like, fuck it. And they give up and they just have like, no, they don't see, they don't see the, the, the potential and the possibility and the transformation right, of what's possible if they would let themselves care, if they would let themselves be seen, if they would let themselves be known, if they were willing to be vulnerable, if they were willing to do something about their own suffering and the suffering of others, both human and animal around them. Because there is a real danger when you let yourself care. The danger is, is you might start to see yourself in others and you might start to see them in you. You might start to actually relate and connect. And then you can no longer sit up in your room and sneer and shrug your shoulders because you know better. You've seen too much and now you give a shit and now you've got to act, right? It's a powerful, powerful thing. So here's the thing. Use your sense of suffering as powerful motivation to help relieve the suffering of others. And so it is. Amen. So wherever you go, may you leave yourself, the people, the place, the animals, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. 
guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.